GM everyone and welcome to the future of gaming. This is the NFT NYC uh, edition uh, myself um, and in my in my hotel room and we've got DeFi Vader slash Meta Guldekin over here. Um, he's visiting. We're not roomies um, unfortunately. <laughs> Would have been nice. And uh, then we have Devin and Phil on. And um, so this week what's happening so NFT NYC we can you know give our thoughts on what's happening here in New York. Um, we're going to talk about Manticore um, and their, you know, adventures into Web3, um, Mythical Party, and, well, actually, no, Mythical release, but we went to the party so we can give our thoughts on the party and then, like, the games that they're building. Um, am I missing something? What else are we talking about? That's it? I think that was it. That was it. For the most part. Yeah. That's good. So, NFT NYC. Vader, thoughts? Yeah. Um, it was a great week, you know. Uh, most of the gaming folks are here and um, Yeah, I think it was a great week Dude, you're way too nice. So, okay <laughs> All of the interesting gaming people are here Agreed and it's been amazing to see them. I have Like I don't have a ticket for NFT NYC and I'm staying away from everything NFT NYC related because that stuff is so cringe It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Like you know, around Times Square, the events, everything is like shill town, right? Everyone's like shilling their bags, looking for exit, exit liquidity. Um, and honestly, like people have been hating on me because I'm a crypto bro. And, you know, looking at whatever's happening here, I kind of get it, you know? I'm, I'm like, oh, this is such a bad, um, bad look, you know? Everything is about like making money and like people coming up to me in the street and, hey, do you want an NFT? And it's so it's like for me that's that's very similar that like that's like spam email like why would I put effort into you giving me something that I know is going to be absolutely useless? Um, so well, you're in the home of Wall Street, so I guess it's not surprising, right? Where like right. everyone's very financially minded there. Obviously, it's not all New York natives, but I think the city itself is kind of built around that idea of it, so it's not surprising. That's true. And so we 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 had our uh, fog down meetup uh, on Monday with like just a, a bunch of uh, our early members. And so we we're sitting, we we're talking and suddenly like a bunch of kids came by and they were like shilling their random ass NFT projects to us. Like, oh yeah, you guys, guys are going to the event. Um, and um, it, was, it was about educating people into, in how to flip NFTs and how to trade crypto. They trade crypto. And, and if you know me, you know, I absolutely hate that stuff. Um, anyway. That, that was my, my TED talk and my rant. Um, yeah, no, it's, fu it's funny, Nico, because that's actually why I'm not there right now. Um, I, I considered going up to, to NFT NYC, and I think had I, had I gone, I probably would have done what you did, not go to the event itself uh, and just talk to games people that you, know, you already know or that you need to meet in person. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's interesting to hear you qualify that concern going into it. And I do think it'll be interesting to see how these more crypto focused conferences evolve over time. It always feels like, you know, GDC, it was so interesting because it was gaming centered with kind of crypto layered on top in a pretty significant way. And it feels like the reverse here where it is more of this like shilling festival where there's a, a more of a niche for the games people to get together and, and do serious work. Well, so. GDC, around GDC, it seemed like it was still like pretty much everyone I met around the GDC events was all VCs still right so it was, <laughs> because it was because that was when everyone was still like enthusiastic to throw money at, at stuff right yeah. but it also seemed like 
because it wasn't like the bag shilling period, there was a lot of the VCs were just really interested in getting to know stuff and like learning about it and stuff like that. And obviously being game centric versus financialized as well. Like I think people were a little more excited about the possibilities and wanting to like find out what cool new stuff they could invest in. But yeah, now that we enter that bear market, everyone's like, so who wants to hold my bag for me real quick? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll be right back. Yeah. Um, totally. It's, um, my goal for this bear market with what we're doing here um, and everything else I put out, all of my triggering posts on social media, um, is to, I guess, reset expectations specifically from gamers um, and make people realize, and this is another rant, which we'll see if, if, if we have enough time, um, but it's, it's more about like, I feel like the majority of, of, of people that own a wallet to play blockchain games have gotten that or have started that like to either earn or speculate. Um, and I think that's problematic. And I think, you know, this is something that games companies building good games need to be mindful of. Um, that, you know, just having a good game is, is probably not, not gonna be enough to, to become successful right now. Because the, the friction is still there and the, the people that overcame the friction basically only did it for either earning or, uh, or like hope for like a shit ton of money. Well, let me, let me bring up an interesting parallel as well to, to dot-com era. Sorry, cut you off, Phil. Like, uh... There, there's an interesting parallel here in terms of what happened with the dot-com crash. So that was a period where like people were trying to also build online retail, for example, right? It was like a big thing. Let's move everything online. Let's let's have people buy stuff online. And it was a, it was a case that we're probably in also where it was too early, right? We didn't we didn't know Amazon was going to be the thing. eBay's still around, but maybe diminished a bit in terms of like uh, their their success. But Basically, the the issue is really the same, right? Where it was like, it was a little too early. And what's funny is it actually does relate to the crypto industry, right? Because part of it was the way online finance works and the way that people can spend money online and stuff like that. But eventually, you know, people from the dot-com era solved enough of the problems and moved it forward and were able to get it going. And now, like, I I buy practically everything from Amazon or online stuff. And so I have to physically go out to stores except for an emergencies. So... You know, maybe we're in the same era with crypto gaming, right? Where it's like maybe everyone's, you know, got to reset their expectations a bit. But there's like portions of what we're doing now that we'll just we'll finally figure out how to implement. Uh, you know, hopefully it doesn't take like 10 years or whatever. But I think there's a is a good parallel with the way this technology sort of like, you know, makes a good good head start. But I think we see that with everything, right? That's part of the hype cycle where everyone, where everyone gets all excited. Uh, half the dreams don't come true. The other people just kind of, you know fester for a while and then make some of the dreams come true later on and i i hope this is not like a big big crash for crypto and this is just like you know as we like to say a building period um but we see what came in the dot-com era the internet didn't disappear obviously right like it didn't kill the internet and crypto's not going away crypto gaming's not going away like period so it's just Mm -hmm. a matter of what you want to do with your time until it gets crazy again yeah, I do think it'll be interesting to see how that friction is removed, though. And this is a constant internal battle that I face where over time, initially, it felt like some big studio with a lot of trust and goodwill is going to have to come in, bring an IP that people already know and love and introduce this in a really seamless way. And I think we've seen the initial takes at that and it hasn't really brought on too much adoption. I mean, I don't know how much stock we need to put into like the Ghost Recon situation, for example, but the flip side of that is these crypto native developers building games that have web three tooling in mind. And I think that's what we were really excited about last time we talked is you know, we talked about wildcard last week and how they were, ex- they were expanding the viewership experience through web three elements. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be this, this weird contradiction almost of, do we need the friction to be removed by a trusted source? 
Um, or does somebody come in with such a great experience that people catch on? And to Nico's point, the hard thing there is, is a good game going to be enough to, to remove that friction? And so that being rectified is something that I'm really excited to see play out because I'm constantly going back and forth in my mind um, between how that looks over the coming years. We just need Ninja to stream the game, right? Like, <laughs> it'll be successful. You know, the, the, like one of those kind of influencer moments that like blows up a game and no one cares that it's crypto or not crypto. They're just like, this game's blowing up right now. Talking about influencers, I was at a party. I'm just flexing by now. Uh, uh, now. Um, and you know who's there? Were like 40 people? Logan Paul. So I was like, nice. yeah. And I hate that dude because he's like, he's scammer, scammer number one, pretty much, right? Like he rugs everyone. He's like fucking chill, like a terrible NFT project. Um, so I didn't talk to him. There. You anyway. talked to him? No, I didn't. Also, he's, he's huge, man. Um, so I'm, I'm not gonna like go, go tell him like, <laughs> how much his NFT project suck and how bad he is. So um, I just, you know, I was nice. I, I stayed on my, my little spot in the corner. Um, anyway, next up, Manticore NFTs. Um, and they're, they're, they're um, venturing to Web3. So I'm not like 100%, like I don't know the exact details. What I know is so uh, Bitcraft, we invested in Manticore. And we, um, so they're a high fidelity, very easy UGC game creation platform, like Roblox style. But like, I think that like the fidelity is higher. The tools are like like slightly different. There's there's like less code required. You can do more. There's like a whole library of assets. Um, I remember like two months ago we had a meeting with the executive team about like potential NFT integration. Boom! Yesterday video comes out. They've done it. So I'm like I'm super impressed in how fast they did it. Um, and so you know I don't know the exact details, but it looks like you know you can you know read the metadata out of NFTs and like do like super cool shit with them. They had some demonstrations, they used loot. So like, I'm excited, like everyone knows that. Um, so yeah, I don't know, Devin, uh, Phil, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty familiar with Core, have been for a while uh, because I think I'm, I'm a big fan of, um, I like to teach kids how to make games and stuff like that. And so I was actually trying to set up a, a class where we use it as a way to learn how to make multiplayer games. Because the, the thing that I like most about those kind of Roblox style platforms is building single player games is cool and all like through like you know unity or whatever but building multiplayer games is super hard and it's generally like above the skill level most kids are going to have uh when you're building it from scratch so having a platform where you can build something that your friends can play with you rather than being like oh i'll send you a copy of the the exe like that's a sucky way to play test but like being able to be like hey jump into my game we're gonna play it you know that kind of thing i think you know it harkens back to like gary's mod and stuff like that where this idea of these multiplayer environments and i think Obviously, everyone's going that direction with UGC in terms of like this idea of these big collaborative environments um, where people can. I mean, that's that's like this original kind of old school like metaverse idea, right? And so I think uh, as a platform, it's really cool for be enabling people to do that. And then adding the NFT stuff, I think is uh, is really awesome, for, especially for the loot stuff, as you said. So this idea that there's now a platform where you can build games that use NFTs uh, in a relatively easy and multiplayer way for free i think it's a it's it's a pretty big deal now obviously manticore games still needs to try and get up there in terms of number of users um to really like have a big impact and maybe this will help maybe this won't you know maybe the audience on on that platform doesn't care it's hard to say right because like it takes time to build those out so you can't necessarily see anyone building nft projects yet but they they provided templates they provided they're doing a boot camp early next month uh they're, they're really trying to ramp people up the api documents are there like they they actually like just came out swinging. It wasn't 
I expected kind of a half-assed launch where they're like, oh yeah, we're going to do that. And they promised it and it's weeks off. And then they kind of stumble into sort of having some support, but no documentation or no examples. But they, they really like, boom, here, you can do it now. And I like that they allowed you to like, say, put it on a t-shirt in your profile picture. That's always the easy lift is like, oh, you could use it as a profile picture because that's what you know a lot of these NFTs were for. But that's still like really cool to be able to do that. But the putting on a t-shirt, I think, is like it's a nice way to like allow you to integrate it regardless of games integrating it. And I think that's cool. Exactly like you're you're doing Nico, except for much bigger. You got it kind of tiny yeah. there. So you might want to increase the size of that a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> but but yeah, I think it's it's really cool. And I, I don't know what people are going to use it for, but I, I hope the loot people really take advantage of it now of course loot nfts are fairly limited right so it might need to be like you know bringing some m loot and stuff like that um the the only real constraints that it seemed like were important were that you know it has a picture essentially you know for to, to be able to render but that it's a minted on ethereum and uh that it's indexed on open c without being considered explicit content it does seem like they're relying a lot on open c for stuff, if you look through the documentation, like OpenSea is a big part of what they're doing. And of course that helps further entrench OpenSea as kind of the, the de facto NFT platform. But I think, uh, you know, it makes it so that there's a way to like discover and browse NFTs and find out what would work in the game. I actually had trouble getting uh, something in the game because all the NFTs I owned, I realized that had any kind of image were all on Polygon. Uh, Cause I didn't want to deal with Ethereum gas fees and stuff like that. So I didn't, I didn't have any Ethereum uh, based uh, PFP, so I actually had to go buy one to try it out. But the, the experience was fairly seamless. You can connect with MetaMask, um, and then you just jump into the game, and like your NFTs show up as a profile pic choice, as a uh, choice for the NFT-enabled T-shirt, which is just a blank white shirt that you can stick it on. Uh, so it's it's a cool, easy experience. Um, connecting to MetaMask is for for anyone who's crypto native at this point should be like it's like clicking a link. Uh, you know, it doesn't. It obviously that's not always the best when it comes to scams, but you know, people understand how to use MetaMask at this point. And I think, you know, as, the, as they push towards mobile, there's mobile MetaMask. I think they should be able to make this experience relatively seamless. Um, I just don't know what the, the game developers are going to do with it. Because if you look at the games on the platform, it's like all these idle tycoon games and stuff like that. So I'm not sure how NFTs are going to fit in there. Uh, but I'm sure some, some creative pe- people will find a way. But I even see it as a, as a, a prototyping platform. Let's say you want to prototype utility for your nfts or for another game like like loot stuff it's a way to be able to prototype quickly even if that's not the destination platform in a way that doesn't require you to spin up unity and, and do a whole bunch of boilerplate code to get stuff working which i think is, is great yeah and one thing that was funny when i was reading about this i feel like for a long time utility was the scapegoat of really expensive pfp projects to be like oh no i mean it makes sense for twenty thousand dollars look at how you can use us it's exclusive <laughs> Uh, and utility is just kind of like the buzzword of, no, your prices aren't crazy because this is useful in all of these different ways. And so I, I think I, for, for a while, I kind of viewed utility as almost like a scapegoat for some crazy prices. What I think is really cool in the context of, of Manticore is the use cases that we haven't even thought of yet. And when I was reading the GamesBeat article announcing this, Loot is exactly what came to my mind in terms of bringing these different projects to life and all of the different applications that aren't even thought of from the, from the core team um, that, that the users are going to go create for these projects. And so while I definitely am not somebody that views utility for NFTs as this platform in itself, I've always viewed it more as a feature of, of 
things that need to be their own compelling experiences. And I think you know, Core is, is doing that with their UGC platform, uh, which is almost a feature of the, the broader set of experiences that you can have there. Um, so I'm looking forward to just seeing what comes out of this through the community's creativity. And I think a UGC platform is a really cool way to do that because like Loot, it's allowing the community to use their own creativity to come up with things that a team of 10 likely wouldn't have ever done. And so I think in terms of creating utility, I do love the way that that fits in with a user-generated content type of platform. Um, I also, when reading the article, was just thinking about how this almost feels like a, um, a way that Manticore is almost replicating and trying to improve what we think of as the sandbox today of making these experiences, but that are easier to create. And I think that's a pain point I've heard a lot of developers on the sandbox talk about. Yeah, but on the sandbox, everyone's like, you know, you kind of have to know what you're doing to, to create things in here. And I think there, I almost read like a more accessible sandbox for creators. Um, and now that there's this Web3 utility embedded in there, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what the, the community does come up with in this platform. I think the big differentiator is land. Like that's, that's a big difference is like not having to do the whole land game mm -hmm. um, allows everyone to be a creator. And, and maybe this is, becomes a launching platform for people to build onto Sandbox or to try out for building Sandbox experiences um, because they can't afford land, right? And like you're, a lot of land speculators are going to need to, are going to need to become developers at some point, right? In terms of like land developers, not code developers, uh, where they're looking for, okay, well, we own this land. Now we need to build something on it. And there's going to be these, these jobs basically for builders that, that either are good at the, you know, building the voxel art kind of stuff for the, the NFTs and the, and the stuff, the content or building the actual experiences and code. And I think, you know, platforms like this, uh, the course can allow people to develop some of that experience and demonstrate uh, their skill to do so and, and possibly get hired for building on these other land things. But the fact that you don't have to have land to get started, what's funny is that that almost makes this more permissionless than the, the actual Web3 stuff, like the sandbox, which I, I find ironic. Yeah. I'm, um, you know, I get excited when I hear about this, but I think it's also important to be realistic, right? We've gotten excited about a lot of these UGC platforms, which every single one faces the same cold start problem. Like, you know, if there's no players, then there's no re reason for people to build shit. And if there's no people building shit, then you don't have a reason to actually go and there's, there's no players. And so, you know, do we actually think that this will significantly move the needle um, for Manticore? What, what do you think, uh, Sure. Uh, <clears throat> so um, I actually, at my previous employer, we invested in Manticore. And I actually was a person who led the deal on our, on our end. So, you know, Manticore, like you guys said, is basically trying to build something like a Roblox, but they're building an engine on Unreal that makes um, building an Unreal quality game, you know, it just reduces the amount and time required. So instead of, you know, spending a year, you can build it in six months. Uh, but also the trade-offs is that you give away some flexibility. Um, so yeah, it's really good. I love these UGC platforms, but like Nico said, um, the product market fit is not there yet. Uh, there's this chicken egg problem. You gotta attract developers so they can build fun games, which can retain users. So the more users there are, the more eyeballs, the more monetization will attract developers. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with you guys. I'm, I'm more bullish on Manticore than Sandbox. I think this could be like a developer acquisition strategy and user acquisition strategy for Manticore 
um, which is like when you think about the NFT PF, PFP projects, like what is product market fit for them? It's like it's like community first, product second. But like community, okay, you got a community, you 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 sold the NFTs with a lot of promises. What is the product? So usually they all pitch the same promises. We're gonna build a big franchise, MMO game, or like a movie franchise, or we're gonna sell some some you know clothing, luxury brand. Um, so like this may enable these NFT PFP projects to partner with game developers or you know maybe Manticore will have a marketplace for them to find some freelance game developers and build a relatively high uh, quality triple A-ish games on Manticore's platform. Um, so I, but, and I don't know the details of like the NFT integrations. So I don't want to have really high, uh, you know, I don't want to talk specifically about the impact this, this announcement would have on my Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's pretty good integration in terms of that. Um, as, as Nico mentioned, you can pull metadata as well, which is they kind of uh, highlight the idea that you could potentially generate procedural stuff from it. Like, let's say a level map. Like, let's say you took one of those loot projects that has the maps uh, and, and actually generated it into a map in the game. Like, as an example, something you could do. So they, they definitely are thinking of And the fact that they have the metadata reading, I think, is a big deal. Because they could have just gone with the, oh, you can display the PFP as, like, the easy way to get in. And, and just, like, that, that would make this feel much more like a talking point than an actual product. But the fact that they integrated the metadata stuff makes me think they're actually pretty serious about this being a feature. Uh, and I think, you know, there's lots of possibility for something like an ice poker to come over here, right? Because you can do stuff like gated off of wearables kind of concepts where you could sell, you know, like let's say people that own cryptodes are the only ones who can come in and play this ice poker style game in here. They can do stuff like that. And I think that... Um, offers that same possibility without having to buy land like I'm sure you know the ice pokers developers had to own land in Decentraland and Decentraland is also a little bit honestly is probably more of a ghost town than, than Manticore is like the core probably has a lot more daily active users than Decentraland really does so as far as like ones that have cold starts like the other ones are really actually competing with this because core has been around for a while and has been growing for the most part although it looks like it's you know maybe slowed down a little bit but the big play I think that could be made is from Epic because Epic has already invested in this in the past. And as you've both said, like you guys have also been around uh, investing in this. So there's, it's had plenty of investment, but I think Epic is uniquely positioned to continue to, to push it forward as a Unreal Engine demonstration for this metaverse concept, right? Because they're constantly pushing their idea of the metaverse. Like we want to make this big open thing. And obviously their tech is meant to be a big part of that, right? They really want Unreal Engine to help power the metaverse right through you know the metahuman stuff through the rendering systems and unreal 5 act uh, actually looks really really well posed to do that in terms of like high fidelity stuff and so having a platform where people could demonstrate building on that without having to actually go through the whole unreal engine process is good for epic now obviously they're trying to leverage fortnite as one kind of metaverse play but i think this is another really good one and it's already on the epic store like they already have invested in it if they just Maybe put a bit more effort into it. Do some crossovers with Fortnite. You know, build it up a little bit. Put it a little more front and center regularly. Now that Epic is kind of the place where NFTs are okay, uh, this could be like a big play for Epic if they want to really kind of stick their hands into that and say, hey, this is part of our metaverse play. Uh, they could even bring in some of their other companies they've acquired like Bandcamp and, uh, and Harmonix. Uh, and integrate them into this platform a little bit. Like, let's say you want to build on this harmonics tech uh, or you want like integrate it into core, stuff like that. But that depends on how involved in Manticore 
Epic wants to be. But I mean, they're in a position where they've got enough money if they just want to buy Manticore, I'm sure they could. Yeah, I think taking a taking one step back from from the web three angle of all of this and just looking at UGC really objectively, um, and I know it's a dangerous thing to do on, on FogDAO where we mainly talk about web three, but just going purely on the gaming side, I think one of the things that's interesting about UGC, despite all of the platforms, you know, the most successful example is still Roblox, right? Kind of low code style platform. We haven't really seen no code take off at scale yet. And I think there, one, of the, one of the challenges there is there definitely is the trade-off between ease of use for creation tools and the quality of the experiences that you're able to create with those tools. I think to date, that's just been a reality that we've accepted in user-generated content. Um, and so I guess the, the one risk here is when you can make the comparison to Sandbox, and I was talking about how this is a more accessible option, they will have to find a way to make sure that the things that you are doing are interesting because, again, I think that this NFT integration is more of a feature of experiences that have to be standalone, independently good. Um, and so they will still need to solve the much harder problem than the Web3 side of this. And I think that is the, the genuine creation of compelling experiences. Not to interrupt, but they actually are addressing that to an extent in a way that's not always super visible in their boot camps. So I've actually participated in one of their multi-week boot camps and stuff like that. And they are really good about having people uh, not just teach you how to use the tools. They actually talk about game design, level design, uh, how to direct players around, like the whole player experience. They actually are, are really investing time into helping developers understand how to make good experiences rather than just, here's our toolbox, use it. Like we'll yeah. improve our documentation, which is, I think, goes exactly to your point of that they're not just like laying out a toolbox and then leaving and just being like have fun you know here's your legos they're actually like trying to guide people now i don't, I don't know how scalable that is right because like you know they can only have so many members of the boot camp and it's a regular weekly thing and people drop out and stuff like that but the fact that they're putting the effort into that it look how long it took roblox to get to where it is uh mm -hmm. it may be a similar arc here and i think uh if they continue to do that and they can attract the audience and address like any kind of barriers that are stopping people from joining there's a lot of potential here and of course you know obviously you you guys who have invested in it have seen some of that potential as well uh in terms of where it could go will it go there who knows again i think it sometimes is just down to timing and marketing to where like something takes off just because uh, a youtuber or streamer happens to do it or uh, people happen to find like the right game inside there but the cool thing is like new genres being born for example on these kinds of platforms because um it's something i talk about a lot is mods are where a lot of new genres are born is from mods of other games. And so like even the way you can kind of duplicate other people's games to some extent in these kinds of tools and then mod them and stuff like that, there's there's this whole culture around that sort of thing, even around cloning other people's things. Like uh, in Roblox, for example, the sort of obby uh, or obstacle course, like genre kind of became a big thing, right? And, and that kind of developed into its own thing. And we could see similar things where it looks like Tycoon and Idol Games, for example, are a big thing on uh, core and obviously those can continue to like develop into their own thing and I, I, if it can find its own big subgenre that exists primarily there that other people are looking to copy maybe that'll be the draw it needs I am um, two comments first so I don't know if we already said this but our members the fog down members will receive tokens very like soul bound tokens so maybe we should build a I don't know, like uh, like a place where we token gated with these soulbound tokens, those soulbound tokens, where we can do hangouts. 
And we have to make them NFTs though, because I don't believe there's any functionality to read like tokens, like ERC twenty style tokens. So we'll have no. to make sure we, we give out uh, NFTs. We'll figure it out, I'm sure. Um, anyway, so that's one idea. The second idea I had, and and so this actually is related to what you just said. Um, I'm curious, did they mention any ideas for also integrating ERC twenty tokens? So I've been looking at a, a few like very low slash no code the UGC game creation platforms that we're planning to, you know, have the, the full suite of Web3 integrations um, like ERC20, so fungible tokens, non-fungible tokens, um, and everything in between. And the idea was, you know, like messing around with economic designs, essentially. And so I, I see this guy like getting excited already, right? What, what if you like can just use a very simple platform, a very simple bunch of tools where you can start like creating these economic loops um, and something very simple where you can, you know, for example, recreate RuneScape, um, but then like fully open, where, you know, RuneScape Gold is uh, an ERC20 token that's open and then every item is an NFT. Um, did they mention any plans for ERC20 tokens? It looked like they're trying to stay out of the financial aspects for right now, uh, meaning like they're not, you know, you're not able to sell NFTs, for example, mm -hmm. in the thing, like um, stuff like that. But that being said, um, there is ways to monetize still your games through the the perks program that they have, which is like their way of doing sort of the the revenue share, sort of like what Roblox does with a with a higher profit margin for developers than Roblox gives you. Um, but I I think it's probably smart that for now they stay out of the financial aspect, um, just because like that becomes its own quagmire, especially when you're dealing with miners still. Because um, there's a good chance that while it ages up from Roblox, it's still likely to have a lot of miners on the platform and starting to integrate IAP that ties to crypto where people like make a lot of bad decisions when it comes to finance might be dangerous. Um, but I also think we're we're not at the end of new standards, right, where we've got ERC-20, we've got uh, 721, you know, like there, there's a, other developing standards. I don't think NFTs uh, and, and tokens are going to be the end of like the, the sort of technology that we build on blockchain in terms of like mm -hmm. different types of objects. And so maybe there'll be other better future ones to support besides just ERC-20. But I, I don't anticipate them saying ERC-20 tokens are, are now part of it anytime soon, unless there's like a huge push from the player base to say like, oh, I would use this if I could use my tokens. Um, I suppose if there's that, then, you know, they have incentive to, but I honestly, unless there's that kind of push, I don't think they should for, for now until they really see what people build out with this first. That's fair. If they did, though, would you if they like, did. yeah, well, would like Mitsu, would that get you excited? Do you think that there's some cool stuff you can like mess around with there? For sure. <clears throat> I'm just worried that everyone would kind of use a specific game template and just uh, the breeding Ponzi, yeah. and just like <laughs> just keep going, like oh, step and axie, just keep adding exactly. <laughs> different versions of the same thing. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but the beauty of UGC is the, the best content should theoretically flow to the top over time in a very, yeah. very crowded sea, right? Yeah. That'd, be, that'd be interesting for, for our FogDAO purposes if we had a, a competition where whoever wanted to create a world for us can create it and then vote on it, and Ooh. then that becomes the official FogDAO place to hang out. This is Yeah, this is our metaverse. new metaverse location. Screw <laughs> yeah. Discord. We're all going to be hanging out Devin, in core. Devin is finally going to get his living in the metaverse dream. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm still actually, I was thinking about it this morning. I'm just like, man, I wish we were having this uh, this whole podcast in the metaverse. I missed the, the, the metaverse podcast because I like just finally got like the elite strap from my quest. 
and I'm like, all right, let's do this. Let's do this in VR, man. Why are we doing this? You know, meat space thing. Yeah, no, this, this, I can't be my PFP right now. That's We've true. now said metaverse too many times for this episode, and okay. we will we'll be required to spend an entire episode defining the metaverse and arguing over what oh, it God. is and is not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to the next topic, um, mythical. So, I'll give I'll give my insight. So, so we both were hanging at the party there, which was it was like a festival, but inside here in New York, um, and my uh, so one of uh, on the Bitcraft team called it a non-refundable deposit party where if they could have made the choice to ho- to do that party uh, last week we probably wouldn't have had such a big party um, it was like the production value was in the millions and um, it was pretty insane um, pretty fun though and then they they showed their new games uh, but I wasn't paying attention because I was eating pizza so um, maybe Devin, Devin or Phil can you can you uh, shed some light on, on their new games yeah I think they they're the nice thing is they're they're building on existing franchises, but it's it's like a, a racing game, which I I find kind of an odd choice just because like racing is very niche already, and uh, and it's not like it's done super well in crypto, but it's like drag racing, so uh, we'll see if they they can, if they can get that on mobile like they're trying to, that might be an interesting thing for them to do, but I I don't know how like a lot of people are trying to go into mobile and we'll see like what Apple and and Google's policy ends up really landing on in the near future to allow that sort of thing. Uh, and then the other one's based off of a physical card game. So that will be interesting to see it ported over, uh, which was Epic Spell Wars. And I've actually, I've played the original. I don't think I played any of the uh, the other like sort of expansions they've done. Um, but I think it's, it's probably smart to build off franchises uh, when you're, you know, announcing other games to have already some built-in audience, I think. Uh, although very different audiences, right? You've got mobile and you've got physical card game. And so like, hopefully that will like expand out the audience of interest. Obviously, uh, Mythical is going for less niche, right? They're going for like this more broader, um, like mainstream audience, like they, they were with the Blanco's Block Party, where they're like going for that sort of like, uh, like the vinyl figures and going for that sort of like mainstream Fall Guys kind of uh, demographic. So they're definitely targeting, I think, some different audiences than some of these other, like uh, even Animoca kind of was. Um, we'll see if that pays off for them, but I think these games will probably end up decent enough that it probably won't be a bad thing as long as they come out kind of at the right time. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. And to your point, I feel like we've seen four categories of games where everyone in Web3 gaming wants to build. You have racing, you have trading card games, you have MMORPGs, and then there's kind of this fourth category that's unknown, right? And that's like the Blankos, which is more Fall Guys themed, but a little more unique than what we see out in the market. I have to imagine... They may, they may have been a little bit upset because I think it would have been a bigger announcement on the Blanco side of them going on to Epic Game Store if they weren't a couple weeks behind Gala. Um, mm-hmm. But I thought that was a, a really another really cool announcement just in terms of the direction on game distribution and Web3 and, and where it's going. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, to, to Devin's point, I feel like the games are variations of what we've seen in the past, but of course, given it's mythical, you can expect some pretty high production value there. But... Yeah, I think it's it's kind of continuing the trends like we've like we've we're talking about before we started recording around the stories that we talk about every week are really starting to intertwine and we're starting to talk about game distribution, uh, voting structures, and these are going to be narratives that continue for weeks and weeks to come. But um, yeah, it did feel like a little bit more of the same in a way. I just I want to see racing for pinks if they're going to be using NFTs. I want I want to see straight up racing for pinks for for the drag race just because like no one's really everyone's so scared of like. 
uh, you know, because they've, they've overpriced all their NFTs of like burning them or giving them away. Like there was a whole idea of trying to do permadeath and crypto raiders, which is still kind of like trying to be figured out. But I, I want to see racing for pinks. I want I want people to actually drag race in a game with some stakes for NFTs like that. That would be a neat innovation, but I doubt I doubt it'll happen. Wait, for pinks, does that mean that the loser has to give their card to? Yeah, that's yeah. Sorry, if you're not familiar with the term pink slips for it refers to like the car's title. And so like you when you race for pinks, you're racing for ownership of the, the loser's car. OK, yeah, let's see how that turns out. Um, <laughs> yeah, should we um, maybe quickly go over some other like news and then um, we can wrap this up. Devin, should we do a weekly game to try out or maybe a bi-weekly? Might be better to do a bi-weekly because there wasn't like a really a lot of new stuff coming out and, and anything terribly interesting this week to try. But I'll make sure we have something good for, for next week's. Okay. Right. So on, on my end, I remember so um, that Solana is bringing out a phone, which I did not see coming. Um, and so that's something to check out. What's it called again? Saga? Yeah, I believe Saga was the actual name of it. Um, yeah. This came out like today. Phone? Yeah, Solana phone. Saga. Which yes. I'm not sure who's actually developing like the hardware. If it's actually I was gonna say, is that Solana. is it going to be like a built-in hardware wallet on the phone? Yeah, I think it's it's built with like a hardware slash software stack of like Solana crypto support. Um, I don't know if they're like going to release a white paper or something like explaining how it works, uh, being mm. the culture, you know, and everything. But I, hopefully, they release enough details for people to really gauge whether or not it's something that makes sense to them. But if it's yeah. it, luckily, I think it's Android, so I don't think it's like a, a niche thing where it's like Windows Phone or something where no mm. one adopts it. But we'll see. I, this is not the first phone that's been proposed to have some sort of crypto integration. And uh, I don't know if like it being Solana native is going to really have a huge impact on Solana or the phone market. Well, actually, the phone probably won't work half of the time, right? Right, right. You'll have downtime. Sorry, you can't call anyone till the yeah. end. <laughs> suggested. You're, how many bars you have will, will be related to gas fees, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, any other notable things that happened this week? No. Um, I think uh, the there was some interesting stuff like Animoca buying a, uh, a a pretty big UGC educational company, and like uh, Immutable X with their five hundred dollar or five hundred million dollar fund. Uh, so we're continuing to see the whole idea of like funds from these blockchains, which I think is cool. Like it's good to see that they're continuing this. Obviously, they have to, right? Because they they got a lot of investment money, and now they've got to take that investment money and turn it around into like it's like this trickle down economics into game projects and stuff like that. Um, so once everyone's done spending all their money bringing games over, uh, then we'll see who survives, right? Right now it's the everyone, like, pay people to come to their blockchain and build, and then we'll see, like, who, who has <laughs> games left standing that people want to play. Yeah. And to the point on the Solana phone, I mean, a lot of these protocols still do have a lot of money to distribute despite what's happening in the market and all the doom and gloom. So I feel like we're going to see a lot of flyer projects like a phone and... It's going to be really interesting to see the types of stuff that comes out, but you never know which wild idea is actually going to stick and hit. And it's probably something that we're going to laugh at when we first hear about it. And then five years down the road, we're going to look back at us saying that while recording and feel like idiots. Yeah. With gray hairs from the bear, the bear market. All right. Cool. Cool. Well, this was, um, this was it for this week. Thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for inviting. Um, Phil, Devin, um, Thank you for joining. Listener, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed it, feel free to uh, like and subscribe. And yeah, if, if, if you haven't yet, apply and join us. And uh, we can you know continue this conversation in our, in our Discord. 
um, and then you might be applicable for these soulbound tokens and you can come hang out in the core metaverse that hopefully one of us will develop so yeah let's do that with that um yeah speak to you next week cheers